Hi everyone, welcome back to Insert Past Pun here, my name's Simon. Uh, today I've got a good one for you, it's uh, Humboldt Lycanthrope, and I've been particularly excited about interviewing this guy um, ever since uh, my chat with Shadow Swim 77. Uh, the stories we're going to be discussing are his one, Under a Rotting Sky, and uh, also Interview with a Nullo. I'm going to put the links to both of them in the description, so please, I can't look, especially Interview with a Nullo, that one blew my mind. Um, but there, go and go ahead and read those before you get started, um, and then you'll know what we're talking about. Uh, so yeah, I've uh, got a few bits to tell you afterwards, but first, but let's not keep you waiting any longer. Here we have Humboldt Lycanthrope. Hi, so it's uh, Simon for Insert Past Pun here, and today I'm here with uh, Humboldt Lycanthrope. Say hello. Hello. <laughs> awesome. Thanks a lot for coming on. Uh, as I say, I really do appreciate it. Um, as I say, I don't know if you're aware, but we discussed, um, was it one of your stories, at The Long List with uh, Shadow Summer 77? And uh, as I say, when, once I'd read that, I just really wanted to get you on. So thanks a lot for making the time to, to come on. I really appreciate it. So, um... So let's kick it off. Let's um. So tell us a bit about yourself then. Well, I uh, live in deep in the forest in Northern California with my wife and two children on a forty-acre homestead. Uh, and I love to write horror. I've got a novel that just came out about two months ago. It's doing quite well, getting lots of good reviews. It's called Kind Nepenthe. A savage terror is set in the heart of California's marijuana country. Nice. Check it out. <laughs> I'm already sold. I like that. <laughs> so, um, so how long have you been writing for? I've been writing all my life, ever since I was a little kid. Nice. What's the Hard too. Love it. Nice. What's the first thing you can remember writing? Oh, gosh. Well, I remember making little picture books of cowboys with my mom, and then... I think in like the first grade, I earnestly started writing a detective novel. <laughs> didn't didn't go far. <laughs> awesome, <laughs> I love it. So, um, so when did you first start writing horror? Was that um, that is that you always been doing that or? Right from the get go. Nice. And um, what's your sort of what's your favorite sort of horror to write? I think um, from the stuff I've read of yours so far, I get a really like noir feel from a lot of it. Is that is that what you like to go for, or is that a? Well, I'm really into literary horror. To be honest, uh, I see all kinds of things as horror that other people don't. I consider you know Blood Meridian horror, American Psycho horror, Lord of the Flies. I consider that a horror book. So I'm really into the literary aspects of it, but um, my tastes generally gravitate to extreme horror, transgressive, you know, things that cross boundaries that, you know, shock, I guess. But uh, I love it all. I love neo-noir. I love slipstream. I, uh, you know, transgressive, like I said, horror in general. It's all good to me. Splatterpunk. <laughs> Brilliant. So... So what um so what writers or what generally do you sort of take your inspiration from? Where is it that you sort of uh, that you that you draw your your style from? I like to think I draw my style from a wide range of writers. You know, um, Brett Easton Ellis is a huge impact on me, but uh, so does uh, Steinbeck. I mean, Steinbeck, I, I adore. I think he he really amplifies Americana. And, uh, his stories are really devastating if you read them. I mean, of mice and men, the Red Pony, uh, Grapes, Beth. These are intense stories, you know. It, and uh, 
But um, I like Chuck Palahniuk. Um, um, you know, I'm really into the Beats. Love Jack Kerouac. Um, you know, William Burroughs. I mean, talk about transgressive and crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> all over. Yeah. Oh, brilliant! So, and 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 say, so is there any 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 sort of um? And where is it like to draw your inspiration from in terms of just sort of like where where do you get your ideas for your stories from? From me and my life, and I've been involved in like crazy stuff. I was into hardcore punk rock, and then uh, toured around with the Grateful Dead, and like was part of like back to the earth hippie scene, and then and, uh, all kinds of crazy shit that I, I uh, like to put into my work. Cultural references, to, like these um, subcultures, you know. Nice. That, that you've you've been really been there and done it, and that's impressive. <laughs> but, um, yeah. <laughs> And, and, and that actually makes a lot of sense. I mean, I mean, so let's talk about the story you sent over then, which was, uh, was it? Oh, I've had it up and now I've uh, brought it down. So it's Under a Rotting Sky. Um, now, uh, as, um, for the people listening, as always, I'm going to post the link to this in the, uh, um, in the comment, in the description. So, um, so I'd highly suggest you read this. I really, really enjoyed this story. Um, and yeah, so I highly suggest you read it because we're going to talk about it fairly in depth. Um, so yeah, and as well for you, it's like as spoilery as you like. So give us a, give us an overview of this story then. Well, this is a story about a, uh, gutter punk squatter and he, uh, meets this beautiful punk rock girl and they fall deeply in love and um she basically breaks his heart because uh she's a very troubled soul young and uh he's devastated by this loss and tragic events follow nice and then i'd say i mean obviously you said earlier that you sort of you were, you were quite into sort of the the punk scene and stuff is that is a lot of this taken from like your own experiences to a degree <laughs> yeah to a degree absolutely yeah, I actually had a very beautiful punk rock girl who I pretty much describe in the story, you know, rape, kind of disturbed, and uh, she broke my heart. And I do have a homemade black heart tattoo as well. Oh, nice. <laughs> right, you definitely some you're way more hardcore than I am. I was <laughs> the most I got was doing drugs and clubs in the early 2000s. That's uh, nowhere near as cool. But, <laughs> so. <laughs> Sorry, you go for it. <laughs> no, I wasn't saying anything. Oh, sorry, dude. No worries. Drugs and clubs is fun. That's all. That's all. It's been... I was a big fan back in the day. But um, <laughs> so what I said, what I really got from this, um, and I say, and, and as I said before, the other story I've, I've read of yours beforehand, like the um, you've really got a way of sort of uh, it's the description that really gets to me. I think. Uh, whether it's a line point in the beginning, it's like you have to a haunted world of uh, filth, piss, and blood beneath a rotting sky. Just um, like what? Um, what is it that sort of makes you want to makes you want to write that? That what? What is it that gets? Because I'm awful with this sort of metaphor. I, I can't I can't do it. <laughs> I'm really bad. So like, where, where is it that you get this sort of stuff from? Well, I read. I read a lot, and uh, I'm always studying how other authors use words, and I love wordplay. Love puns, love jokes. I mean, jokes are magic. Yeah, they they make you laugh with words, and um, just wordplay in general is a magical thing. And I just adore it. 
And um, I, like I said, I think it's really my love of reading. I'm constantly saying, what, what is author doing? And how are they trying to convey it? What words are they using? And what words are they using in weird, odd ways that you wouldn't think they would use them? And um, how are these words connected now different and, and more powerful and more visceral? No, so you're in so it's just really a love of words. It's kind of like the mechanics of it almost, the uh, sort of the, the, almost the nuts and bolts of how a sentence is put together. There's that, and there's there's the, the the sum of the parts is greater than than the parts themselves. You know, it, it's something like I said, magical happens. That's it, definitely, and it's it, and it just all really it really, I say, just with with so few few words, it really paints a picture uh, and really sort of like get gets you. Because all the way through this story, you, you do a really good job of sort of um, getting across the sort of the griminess of the whole thing. Of like how uh, of how sort of like dirty and uh, and uh, well as I say filthy the whole the whole sort of um, way they're living is and I say I mean it really got me and especially um, again I hope you don't mind um, uh, how how against spoilers are you I can I can talk about the ending if you want but I don't want to if if you don't want to <laughs> no I don't mind that's sweet so um yeah well especially when um because the obviously the punk girl then uh, leaves and. Like because uh, well starts going to a Catholic school and living with her dad again and all of this, and the I mean the sort of the the juxtaposition of it the way you've got the sort of because uh, when the your 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 main character the sort of the gutter punk sees her again and she's sort of she's clean and she's sort of like got got her life together and stuff, and I really enjoy well, it's, it's the way that it kind of um, I don't know almost the disbelief that he has that she that this person who he thought was well that possibly still is so broken but is somehow managing to hide it in ways that he never could and, and i say it's just uh i mean i mean were you um i suppose the the extended way i'm getting around to the question is <laughs> it's obvious this um i mean were you sort of in that sort of uh i mean i know you're in the sort of punk scene did you uh were you like in a squat is that is that all is this all from is that all taken from like real life Oh yeah, I've hung out in a couple of squats here and there. <clears throat> I was never really involved in the squat movement, you know. It's a, it's kind of a big thing, but a lot of my friends are, you know. <clears throat> but uh, I've hung a couple of squats, yeah. Oh, cool. You know, the thing is, she she scarred him, literally scarred him. Mm. You know what I mean? He's got this mark right on his on his head by her. Yeah. So you know, he can't ever go back. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's brilliant. It's brilliant. And and um, so with this story, where did you start? Where was the uh, sort? Of, did you have the the ending in mind to start with, or because I know this was part of a song contest, wasn't it? Well, the the song contest from the yeah, cool. And and so you um, and what was the well the song was the uh, under the under the rotting sky by I'm having a look on this one thing now. Uh, Carney, is that it? Yeah, something like that, I guess. Yeah, I'm, I wasn't really familiar with the song to be honest when they gave it to me, but I like the song. It's a good song. Nice, nice. And so, what was it? Uh, what was it about that song that sort of got you to this story? Then, basically. Oh, he talks about a um, uh, pretty face, right? And wrapping his arm, his his fingers around her neck, and her face turning blue. Uh, I believe I haven't listened to the song in a while, actually, but I believe those were some of the lyrics. And uh, it had a punk feel to it, it, you know. Sweet, no, that's really cool. Oh, I guess. You... 
right? So, you did that a bit there. What are you saying? Oh, it's just it's a grimy song, you know. It's it's an intense, you know, dirty sounding song. Nice, nice, definitely. And and uh, so when uh, when you were writing, I mean, did, were there any points where you sort of got stuck with it, or was this all quite a very smooth, quite a smooth process writing this one? This one was nice. It was it was organic. It, it flowed really nice. It just came right out. Nice. And, uh, yeah, the girl was originally going to be a skinhead. It was going to like beat him up, I think, but that, that changed. Yeah. Nice. I mean, yeah. <laughs> That's cool. I mean, so um, and when and when you do get stuck when you're writing, do you have any like ways that you try and overcome roadblocks, things like that? Have you got any techniques for getting past any issues that you might have whilst you're writing? Oh yeah, absolutely. You know, research. I uh, from, I can just put on a documentary about the subject I'm writing about. And um, ideas will start coming, and you, and you know, and the next thing I know, I'm pausing it and, and hitting the keyboard, and uh, other types of research, you know, searching online for things and uh, reading, reading. It all comes down to reading. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, and even movies that that have the same theme or have the similar topics, you know, you can watch them, and maybe a subtle detail in the background will inspire you. Nice, nice. And so, and so obviously with this story, because it was written a little while ago, I think, wasn't it? I mean, is, is there anything you sort of looking back on it that you changed about it now? Hmm, not that I can think of, you know. <laughs> no, that's fair enough, that's fair enough. And so, I mean, I'm, I'm quite similar in that once I've finished the story, I'm, I'm not going back to it. I'm, like, I know people who edit and rewrite over and over again, and I just can't, I just can't manage it. I'm like, once it's done, it's done. <laughs> Hmm. Right, so um, so much case, see, like, um, I mean, just while we're talking about your writing, I mean, tell me a bit about the book that you've got uh, that you've got out at the moment. Oh, I have a uh, kind of Panth. It's about this uh, single mother with a five-year-old girl. She's a uh, like a hippie who works in a co-op in San Diego, and her boyfriend Calendula wants her to move up far, far out into the hills, away from electricity and cell phone range onto this uh, pot farm where they have this indoor marijuana operation running and uh, while, while the uh, owner goes away and uh, she's all organic and uh, she's vegetarian and she gets up there and this uh, grow is running on a diesel generator. The diesel's leaking and getting everywhere. It's coughing out, you know, uh, smog and it's run on chemical fertilizers with chemical... Uh, pesticides and, and she just kind of hates the whole scene but she wants to be in the woods she wants to teach her daughter about how to live in the woods but it's the middle of the winter and in northern california it pours rain in the middle of winter yeah. so instead of romping through the forest in this idyllic hippie fashion that, that she had envisioned she's stuck more or less inside in the pouring rain and places is haunted it's uh, haunted by a little boy who it was a hippie commune before, like in the 70s, right. and this little boy had drowned. The mother was high on acid when she found him and lost her mind. And he haunts the place, and he's, he's kind of a symbol of how, especially with like hippies, they get really idealistic, but in a selfish, personal way. They're always thinking about their own personal gratification, their own personal enlightenment. And they kind of, a lot of times, let the children just slide by, slip out of their fingers. So there's a theme running through it represents of people selfishly searching for like good causes but 
in that search for goodness, they're neglectful and, and almost turning bad. She's uh, forgetting her daughter. And um, meanwhile, her, uh, her boyfriend, Calendula, is taking over this pot row and is slowly losing his mind. And uh, there's another ghost who's an old uh, biker, and he's a tweaker, tweaker ghost, doing speed in the back. But uh, meanwhile, their neighbor is a, a, a meth-dealing redneck who the owner of the Pacro owes money to, and uh, he wants his money. And uh, these two stories become entwined. There's a little bit of crime genre thrown in there, and uh, it all spirals out of control and total madness, and the end is just on craziness awesome <laughs> best way for anything to be <laughs> like and so what was it that made you wanted to take that extra step to go into like, to do to do like full length novel because i've spoken to a few people who like to um uh who have say just published you know not, uh, books of like collections of their own stories or collections of theirs and other people's stories what made you want to go the full way i've always wanted to be a novel writer you know and uh i i'll, I'll be honest i've tried a couple of times and it's not the easiest thing to do i have started maybe four different novels this is the first one that i really completed really edited and, and was happy with i wasn't happy with the other ones and they say that they say your first couple of novels it's more an exercise you're not really going to get it published you're just learning but it's much more complicated than a short story you have all these different storylines all these different characters and you're trying to build it like build you would build a house on a foundation then the walls come up and then the roof comes up and then you have these character arc and and um and then you have to have an ending that, that says something and, and where everything is a, a climax and everything's to be resolved. So uh, I, I've always been working on another one right now. A punk rock one. Oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> nice. That's, that's, um, that's really cool. And, um, so, yeah, and, that, and that's out at the moment, isn't it? Is that on, is that, uh, have you got that, like, um, is that available on paperback, uh, Amazon, uh, ebook, that sort of thing, I'm guessing? Yes, it was published by Black Rose Writing, and they've got it out on ebook. It's on Amazon. You can get it from the Black Rose uh, Writing website. It's on Barnes and Nobles. It's uh, it's all over. Oh, nice, nice. And how long did the, how, how, how long the whole process take you from like start to finish on that one? Um, from really starting to finishing, two years. I wrote it, then I rewrote the entire thing, and then I uh, edited it. it. Took a while. Nice. I'm pretty happy with the state of God. Oh, no, you know, the, the word count went way up, <laughs> way up, way down, all around, going back and forth. Oh, brilliant. No, that sounds good. I, I say I'm going to have to check that out. If I've, um, I say I've, uh, I've got it on my list, on my on my wish list on Amazon, so I'm going to hopefully be yeah, getting a copy of that one to get paid. It's going to be great. So It's going to be 99 cents on October 10th. Ooh, I can't resist a bargain. That sounds amazing. <laughs> Cool. Well, as I think I've put off a lot uh, for long enough, so let's let's talk let's talk about the the other story you sent over to me. This one, uh, interview with the Nullo, um, which you said was taken down from the, was was it was it actually submitted to the Creepypasta wiki, or, um, but got taken down for being too extreme. You said, is that right? That's right. I, it was introduced to me on the Creepypasta wiki, and it was kind of like this secret that everyone kind of knew about, and they turned me on to it, and uh, it's kind of a hush hush story but uh, eventually someone found out about it and it got took down but i'm um, it's it's well written it's not like a, a terrible creepy pasta or anything it's a what's well, an interview you know but i mean it, it, i i thought it was brilliant 
You know, it's this love story, and it's just so dark, and it's about sacrifice and what you would sacrifice and how sometimes when you're in love, you're forced to sacrifice things that you don't want to sacrifice. And, well, you know, well, it's... Uh, well, exactly, and, and again, like, with the... Oh, it, 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 I know I've said it before about other things, but, like, it swings so desperately between sort of bit, such matter-of-fact gore and sort of, like, and quite over-the-top stuff, you know what I mean? And in such a subtle way that... Um, I said that it just seems every time it just seems to catch you catch you unawares like as to how grim it's going to be. As I say again to people listening, the this, uh, link in the description there, check it out. It is it's it's a read. <laughs> as I say, um, it stunned me into silence for quite a while. <laughs> so so what, too bad the format is all messed up there. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's you know. It. What, when it was on the wiki, it looked nicer. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. But, um, but yeah, so, but I, don't know, I, I can live with a question mark instead of an apostrophe here and there. <laughs> yeah. So, so, so what is it about? What, why do you like this one sort of in comparison to sort of... Uh, and what is it that makes you want to send this one over? Well, it's intense. And, you know, it's it's not little kid stuff. It's not... They're not playing around. And, and the themes are all there. There's an adult theme story and... Like I said, I consider it a love story, and uh, which you know most creepy pastas don't involve love, and uh, it's just wow. And, and what is a creepy pasta? It's something that you cut and paste, right? And you yeah. send your friends. I mean, this is the ultimate example. Like, dude, you got to read this. Like, holy moly, you know? Like, and you pass it around and. Exactly, exactly. Because, um, yeah, because the link you've got is actually on a bodybuilding forum of all places. So it's just, uh, it's definitely one that's made its way around. <laughs> so, so what? What, yeah. what, what works well uh, in this story? Then, what, is it, what? What? What does it do well? Well, it's a told in an interview fashion, which I guess you could call epistolary. Uh, I thought it worked well in that manner because it uh, grounded it, made it seem more realistic than if it was just told in first person. I mean, uh, in like a first person narrative. Um, and like you said, it it keeps catching you off guard, and you, you keep thinking, well, this is can't get any worse you know and then and, and it slowly builds up and then that climax in the basement and then it's just like they brought it there they made it way worse it's it's gone the full <laughs> level of insanity and uh that's it yeah, yeah and then the last line was was just beautiful you know? that that um denouncement of the of the ending it, he he did he was forced but in the end he's happy and he's just kind of like well, well these are the things you do when you're in love you know exactly it's just so matter of fact it's like yeah well of course i did this <laughs> in the end and it's uh, i say i i really like the story i it's one i um i immediately had to post up on my uh, um to some of my other horror friends just to be like you you guys need to read this you need to read this now <laughs> <laughs> Um, so I'm probably on some list somewhere now, but still, <laughs> I probably was already. So, uh, why does everyone who reads my work say that? <laughs> For the work I recommend. That's, that's it. No, it, was, it was awesome. So, 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 I mean, in terms of this story, I mean, um, because it's an honest thing, what what is it that you take from this story that you kind of try and work into your own stuff? Well, I like to transgress. And I, and, I, and I think it's good to transgress. People need their boundaries pushed. People need to, like, see other points of view. And they, they people need to be shocked sometimes. And But they you don't want to do it in a gratuitous or exploitive manner. You want it to be realistic. 
You want it to be uh, say something. You want it to be something deep. Say something about the the um, human condition and our shared humanity and what it means to be alive in this existence, in this plane of reality. And um, so I thought it achieved that. It wasn't just shocking. It it, it was it it had a reason for where it was going, and, and you know it told a story. Well, exactly, and I think it sort of it took the sort of feeling that everyone's had in terms of like you know love, for instance, and just turns it up to eleven. Just sort of is like this is what you know you take take that feeling you've got and take it to the nth degree, and this is what this is the story you end up with. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I like to think that my story under Rotting Sky kind of does the same thing. Oh, definitely, you know? definitely. <laughs> well, so, I mean, with your story as well, I mean, I, I particularly enjoyed the fact that, because um, almost the, like, the the brass tacks of the story, the, um, the sort of the someone living the same moment over and over again has been sort of used in other stories, but it's like, you, you've just done it really effectively uh, in a way that sort of, like, even though you say, you, you say at the beginning, this is what is happening, you, it, still, you want to, it, you just go through it all, and I mean, I, I read it. I read it a couple of times. So I was just like, yeah, I, just to really get the feel for it. It was great. <laughs> yeah, that is a creepy pasta trope that I got. I actually got that from Creepy Pasta. What's that? The the strangest convenience store video. Oh, oh yeah, you know that yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, no, and no, like no. this. Yeah, so I'd seen it before, and I was like, oh, since it's a creepy pasta, I'm, I'm gonna throw a time loop into this guy. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I really enjoy. I really enjoy a time loop, <laughs> which um, which sort of brings me on to sort of the uh, the sort of creepy pasta in general. Then, so I mean, I mean, we mentioned tropes there. I mean, I mean, do you think that? Um, I mean, some people are quite uh, have quite strong feelings towards tropes. Do you think that? Uh, do you like tropes? Do you not like tropes? Can can they be made to work? What are your opinions on them? Well, they can absolutely be made to work. I mean, there's no question that they can be made to work. There's a website with horror tropes, and I, I don't, I'd have to look for it. Maybe I can put a link up to it later. I mean, and there, I mean, there's literally thousands of them, and there's ones that you haven't thought of that you're like, oh, wait, that is a trope. I mean, it's, it's, it's unbelievable. And pretty much, I mean, when something gets done, it becomes a trope. You know, like almost mm. everything is a trope. We're standing on the shoulders of tropes before us. <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean. I, I mean, I mean, to think that I mean. In what ways can like tropes sort of like hamper the uh, the story? Do you think? Well, if someone starts reading it and they're like, "This is stereotypical. This is cliche," yeah. they're not going to like it. They're going to put it down. Yeah. They're going to stop reading. But if you can make it your own, if you can make it personal, and you and if you can make it say something and make it mean something, you know, and talk about what humanity, then it's working. You know, I mean, that's the goal of a writer is is to express what it is to be here and our emotions and our interactions. And uh, if you use a trope to achieve that, then good on you. But if you use trope just for trope's sake, then it's not gonna work. Yeah, no, that's fair enough. So, so like in your opinion, what makes a, what makes a good creepypasta? What, 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 what's sort of gonna lure you in with, with someone else's writing? Well, you know, I mean, the original creepypastas were these really short things that were oftentimes about the internet or about old television shows that didn't exist or you know what I mean these yeah, yeah. and they were short and they were fun but I think it's changed a lot it's not like that anymore and now it seems to be more like amateur horror writers trying to get a foothold trying to find an audience reaching out for feedback and um so I really like that's where I came in and I, I didn't really try to write creepypasta tropes I was just a had met all these other creepypasta authors like Shadow Swimmer and um, 
Mike McD, Banning, and um, MP Real and Effective. And I was like, these guys are just like horror writers that are that are you know have this audience and um, are trying to get out there. And I joined in. So I'm not. My, I mean, I'm not really like a classic creepy pasta writer. It's more like classic horror for me. No, it's not, I know that's the, um, most, if not all, of your stories are on the wiki. I mean, do you exclusively post to the wiki, or do you do you go to any other sites? Oh uh, no, I had I actually haven't posted to the wiki in quite a while. Uh, uh, what happened to me is I uh, started getting paid for my stories, and uh, once someone gives you a little bit of money, you don't look back, right? Well, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so no, now I'm. It was a great launching base, and you know, and I love it there, and I love the people there. I'm holding a werewolf contest there right now, so I'm still an active member. Mm. But um, I'm really trying to find paying markets and bigger markets for my work right now. But uh, I might throw a couple out there for some people, you know, just to be cool and all. <laughs> That's cool. So, I mean, what was it that drew you to towards the Creepypasta wiki as opposed to say like No Sleep or one of one of the other sort of uh, horror sites out there? Yeah. Oh, no sleep is just, I don't like this always first person. You have to pretend it's real. Like in the comments, you can't talk about the actual nuts and bolts of the story. You have to pretend it's real. And like the titles, like, you know, like, I don't know. I was a sex slave at a toll booth. And you know what I mean? Like, I don't don't really like the no sleep. It's just too much. And it's too silly. And it it doesn't address literature and horror literature. And, And the wiki's it's an awesome community. Everyone there is really friendly, really nice, really supportive. We all read each other's work. We promote each other. We help each other. You know, you know, it's a, if you're a beginning writer, it's a great place to go and get feedback and meet other writers and talk about books, talk about movies. I'm always on there talking about horror movies and stuff. Nice. It's just fun. Yeah, no, it's like yeah, so I've um, so I've been posting through for a little while, but I've I've only sort of just become sort of uh, yeah, through this podcast sort of become sort of like an active you know chatting to people on there and i say yeah, everyone i've spoken to on there's actually been really really nice and really supportive and i've uh, i've actually quite enjoyed the scene that they've got there um because yeah um reddit especially seems to be it can be quite anonymous i think like people people just like to have their burner accounts or whatever put up a story and then that's it but um so so um you know, we've talked about what, sort of like what was it that you don't like in creepy pastas? Then what was it that's most likely to put put you off a story? What's gonna? Really, oh really well, you... <laughs> those those damn tropes we're talking about. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if, if you add another haunted video game story, I mean, it's it better be damn good. You know, like it's just been done to death. You know, another. Uh, Haunted Facebook story. I wrote one. Yeah, I can't. <laughs> but um, just all these things that have been done to death. You know, I'm looking for originality. Yeah. You know. Nice. And, and do you think? Do you think like having an original story can actually can overcome it? If you, if I say if you're not as good a writer, but if a bit, if you, do you see what I mean? Sort of like if you, you can get away with some technical issues as long as your idea is good. It's an amateur site. It's yeah. for amateurs. So yeah. Definitely, you know. Nice. So, in in, I mean, in terms of the scene in general, I mean, uh, especially when it, uh, I mean, what what because uh, it's gaining a lot of traction in the mainstream recently. Horror's becoming really big again. Uh, I mean, what 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 do you what do you think? Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> so, I mean, what what do you think of the scene at the moment? How 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 do you see it going? Like, what what do you well, what do you like about it? Is there anything you don't like about the scene at the moment? 
Oh, I got on board when that whole Slenderman thing was really big, the Slenderman, and uh, it, it was huge then. I mean, it, it, it's nothing like it was then. I mean, but uh, obviously a bunch of those people were like children, I guess, <laughs> which is kind of weird. I don't really want children reading my stories, but uh, it was just you would put put up a blog post and it was nothing to get a hundred a hundred comments in in a, in a couple hours, and it's really quiet now. There's only a a, a few. Uh, really active members but I, it feels like it might be getting popular again well when i've been there recently i've been noticing that there's a lot of new members and they're all reading all the stories and they're all talking about it amongst themselves so maybe there's this wave effect i don't think it'll ever be as big as when slenderman first came out it, it, that was just a monstrous tidal wave yeah. but uh but uh, yeah, I don't know. They got there's some drama goes that goes on over there and it's it's kind of silly I, I i see people that are arguing about Creepy. They're arguing about like this candle, you know, Candle Cove, right? Yeah, it's like yeah, the oldest yeah. creepy pasta. They're arguing about it, like they're talking about whether Shakespeare existed or not. Like there was such passion. I mean, I, I, you know, I've got an English degree. I've never seen people talk about these stories like so, getting so angry and riled up, and you're like, wow, over over like a, a story that was passed around for free on the internet. It's just. I, I wish people would let their drama go and be a little more just chiller. But uh, that that's not the. That's not for the most part. That's, you know, when it happens, it seems big. But if you really look at it, it's a very small part of the community. No, that's fair enough. And, and in terms of sort of, because it's also sort of um, being quite big on YouTube, obviously with narrations, things like that. What are your opinions on the, on that sort of side of it? I, I, that, I'm amazed by that. I don't know. I, it is, that is a phenomenon that is just amazing. And, you know, it, you know I go and I look and like 85,000 people have listened to one of my stories. I'm just like, Wow. It, it, it's it's amazing. I think that that's probably where it's at right now is the narrations, you know, and, and people who like to just kick back and, and hear a horror story on YouTube. There, there's literally millions of them. It, it's nuts. And uh, I think that's really where the future is and uh, where it's at right now. Nice. Yeah. yeah. So. Um, so, yeah, so I mean, I mean, do you think it's uh, it's going to be around forever? Do you think, or is it? Do you think it's going to die one day? Like, I mean, where where do you see it going from here? I don't see it dying. I mean, people say that about all things. I mean, I could, it could probably get real small and then come back up. I don't think it'll ever be what it was in its in its it, it, when it first happened and it had that big effect, but. Um, you know, people said the the beatniks were gonna die out, and there's still people acting like beats. People said the hippies are over, and there's still people acting like hippies. And people said punk is over, and people have said horror is over. People have said splatter punk is over. You know, people said noir is over, and it it, it keeps coming back. And I think there'll always be creepy pastas. Nice. So, I mean, in which case, I mean, I mean, on that note, sort of, it comes to my, sort of my last question, really. Is sort of if um if you got someone. Uh, who's sort of just sitting down at their computer now? Who's thinking I want to start writing a story? What what would what advice would you give them? What do you wish you'd known when you started writing? Writing creepy pastas or writing in general? Oh, writing well, either both. <laughs> well, writing in general is um, give your protagonist a want and a desire. That's the main thing. Well, you got to just write it down. What does your character want? Now, what are the obstacles that they face? Now, what do they learn when they hit those obstacles? That's what the story is. Nice. And uh, and in terms of sort of like uh, writing online horror, well, like, um, what what advice would you give to someone doing that? What should they avoid? What should they go for? Shit, I don't know, man. Uh, <laughs> don't 
Don't just be creepy pastas. Read other stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's fair enough. No worries. Well, that's. I mean, that was my last question. So that's. I really appreciate your time. I say, and uh, thanks for talking to me. It has been really interesting. Um, what I usually do is just the last few, the last few minutes. If there's anything you want to, if you have anything you want to plug, uh, where can people find you? Now's your time to 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 to, to do your adverts. <laughs> Sure. Well, my website is www.matthewbrockmeyer. That's uh, M-A-T-T-H-E-W-B-R-O-C-K-M-E-Y-E-R.com. Uh, my Facebook page is Matthew Brockmeyer, the Humboldt Lycanthrope. You could probably just find it by typing Humboldt Lycanthrope in there. And uh, there's a D in Humboldt, H-U-M-B-O-L-D-T. Um, I've got an Amazon page, Matthew Brockmire, just write Amazon Matthew Brockmire. You get my Amazon page. There's lots of anthologies and magazines I've been in. Well, not lots, but a few. And uh, my novels there, Kind of Penth. And uh, I'm on Goodreads. Let's be friends on Goodreads. Matthew Brockmire. Um, yeah, read my novel, Kind of Penth, everybody. It's getting good reviews. People like. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Cool. Well, I'd say thanks again for coming on. I really appreciate it. If, if you ever want to come on again and plug some more stuff, you're more than welcome to. <laughs> oh, well, thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. No, me too. Thanks a lot. So there you go. Uh, Mind view with Humboldt Lycanthrope. I can't recommend enough that you go and check out his stuff and obviously have a look at his uh, novel, Kind of Penth. It is cracking. Um... So yeah, so I said at the beginning that I had some new stuff to tell you. Uh, first of all, we are now on iTunes. In fact, as this goes out, I'll probably be frantically uploading old episodes to not to, the older episodes to iTunes for, for you all to have a look. So please go on there, subscribe to us, rate us, uh, leave any comments you want. Um, as I I'll thrive on comments, and I, you know, if, even if they're bad, I'll do my best to take them on board and try and uh, get it sorted. The, um, the other thing I wanted to say is that I am planning on uh, adding a new element to this podcast where I will, well, me and possibly the uh, the people I interview or some friends of mine will be uh, helping people who are stuck with stories. So if any of you guys have any stories that you're having, uh, having any issues with that you're stuck with and uh, you want to send them over to me, feel free to send, send them over on... Uh, um, insert uh, insert pasta pan here at gmail.com or on the Facebook, facebook.com forward slash insert pasta pan here, here, or of course go over to the website insert pasta pan here.com. Uh, send them over. We won't be mean, we won't be nasty, we'll uh, we'll do our best to help you out. And uh, as I say, maybe we can uh, help, help some people out with their uh, with their stories. Anyway, that's it from me. I'm sure you're sick of my voice by now, so I'll see you guys again next time. <laughs>